Hey, and welcome to the Centenary Podcast, a podcast created to help our church, as well as the church, grow in our faith as we all continue to follow Jesus. So this week, we're continuing our conversation about the book of James. This episode specifically is talking about things like temptation and our working habits for God. Uh, Have you ever felt that God's just after this performance or we need to get things right in order to get to the good place? Well, there's great news in that. And the book of James unpacks that in these uh, first two chapters. So we hope that you uh, enjoy this and it's uh, nourishing for your spirit. So without further ado, let's hop into the episode. All right, we're back here another week. James, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good. It's been busy, but it good. has been busy. Yeah, falls back up. There's last a night, lot happening. Uh, Bonnie but, Crandall was here. Yeah, and I was going to say to you, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since then, really. But that was outstanding to yeah. see that room so full. She's great. She's you know she's just been around a long time, and and here's the reason people love Bonnie Crandall is because she is genuine. Mm-hmm. She is real. Come on. I mean, when you talk to Bonnie Crandall, you're going to get real. Yeah, and. There just aren't many folks like that. She's just, she's very confident in herself and just like, "Eh, whatever. That's so true. God is good. So, so whatever, whatever the big problem is, she's always, is, she's kind of comes across, okay, yeah, that's a problem, but God is good, James. Remember (laughs) that. Let's talk about the problem, but I want you to remember God is good. Yeah. And that's so true. Yeah, but it was great. Wednesday nights are great. You've done a good job. Planning Thanks, all that. I appreciate that. It's going to yeah. be good the next few weeks. It is. And this whole semester, I mean, just the, the people we got planned to come in to speak over the next couple of months, I, I think it's going to be really helpful. Oh, really too. helpful. Uh, I had a question, and this has sure. nothing to do with um, anything we're talking about today. But I like asking this question. I don't think I've ever asked you the question. Okay. If time, and this is like my almost my number one, like right off the bat, what do you care about question? If time and money wasn't an issue, what would you do? If time and money wasn't an issue, what would you do? I was thinking that in my well, office today. I was like, I don't think I've ever asked you this. I would. Well, all right. My first answer is I would tell Centenary that from now on, you can treat me like Joel Osteen. <laughs> you don't have to pay me a salary. You don't have to pay me a salary. Yeah. I'll do this for free because yep. I think Joel Osteen, he lives off his book book money his oh, writing money. but yeah i'd say i'll do this for free because i love it so much and i would probably do it for the next i don't know seven to ten years and then i would go and start a ministry in maui nice because <laughs> i because i've always felt like god was calling me to hawaii yeah so <laughs> i just i, I just have said no to him <laughs> i'm sacrificing by staying in lexington <laughs> that's great. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a great, great question. I mean, I don't know what yeah. I, it's, I'd stay in ministry. I know that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was, what I was, about you? I would, I would buy a really big house. I mean, yeah. a really big house because here's the thing, like, and Lexington has a few of these, like if you're like driving down farmlands and stuff, we were on Zillow and I think the, around the area, right. There's like a $15 million house that's somewhere out on some farm or whatnot. But I'm just like, always like, you know, in the most unweird way, I would love to just go knock on some people's doors when I drive past their house and just be like, Hey, can I, 
can it just 10 minutes, can I just walk around and see yeah. what's going on inside here? And I think too, it's like whenever you get invited to like somebody's really nice house, for me, I'm always like, that's one of the coolest yeah. things in the world. So I would do something with that. Some kind So you're of talking about like two, like money, no object, material things, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean that, well, two, I would, I definitely, if, if money were not an issue at all, I would have a house on top of a mountain in North Carolina. Nice. I would. Yeah. I would. I mean, I, on, on the very top of a mountain yeah. in North Carolina. See, I would I would want it, that. Around the mountains, yeah. Asheville. I, wanna, I love Asheville. I want to do like a, and, and build like an entire artificial turf on the land and then do like a sports camp kind of thing. But yeah. like, like people can come over to the house and do like ministry. So, I mean, I'm talking giant house and like do like some kind of big ministry where people can just kind of come in and, and just enjoy this space or do like retreats and then like have kind of like some sports yeah. thing going on on a big field. Oh, I think that would be one of the most fun things in the world. Well, then I guess, I mean, do, do you buy lottery tickets? Don't answer that question. <laughs> I only buy it when you it gets like 1 mic. billion, like one point, <laughs> like when it gets like 1.2 billion, then my buddy will always text me and yeah. he'll be like, hey, have you bought one yet? And I was like, if you buy me one, I'll scratch it off. <laughs> but the thing about that is that so many people who've won those things Things, it ruins their life. It does. But I think I can handle it. Yeah, oh, I'm <laughs> <can> sure. <laughs> well, yeah, that was completely off the topic, but I I was just like, all right, uh, yeah. No, not really. <laughs> but Because you got to have faith to believe yes. that's going to happen oh, to you. So it's really not off the topic. A true pastor <laughs> being able to tie any situation <laughs> into a biblical <laughs> message. Uh, so we're in the, we started the book of James last yep, week. We sure did. Um, and you had a really interesting message because there's a lot in James chapter one. That's, that's, I think, the frustration for me when it comes to preaching especially in a book like this, where it's like, there's about, in chapter one, there's about five different concepts yeah. that are like Lots really of sermons great. just in chapter one. Really great. Yeah. And then chapter two, same exact thing. And you talked about temptation. I did. Uh, mm-hmm. And temptation is one of those things that I, when you, when you first told me, I was like, I really like that because I think our immediate thing when we talk about James chapter one is to go straight to the, hey, consider it joy when you're yeah. going through the hard stuff because, you know, you got to keep on trucking. And if you keep on trucking, your faith will be strengthened kind of thing. Yeah. But you hit on the temptation side of things. And my my big question, I was, just, I was listening at, at Park um, Sunday night, was like, why why don't we talk about the difference between sin and temptation? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like a lot of us are held really captive by that. Like, Absolutely. if I even have a thought that thought and I'm a terrible person for it. Right. And then right. it's like, yes, we're, we're, we're believing we're forgiven, but I, th- but we don't talk about the difference between, Hey, yeah. a thought is not a sin. That's right. It's not a sin to be tempted. And, and I think too, because there's this like really close line there when Jesus says, you know, even if you did, you know, when he was talking to the Pharisees and yeah. it's like, even if you did that in your mind, you still committed adultery. Mm-hmm. And, and so there is that, but I think even that is how much time you give it in your mind. Yeah. I think just to have like a fleeting temptation or even a chronic temptation, it's it's not a sin to be tempted. Right. You know, the behavior is what kind of moves you into the the sin area, Absolutely. which is which is hard. And yeah, I've, I've met so many people who don't live lives victoriously in Christ because they just constantly beat themselves up just because they're tempted. And, and I try to say when someone's talking with me is, listen, 
I get it that it's hard, especially when you put a lot of effort into not being tempted. Yeah. But it's just, it's always going to be with us, I think, till Jesus comes. Yeah. And Jesus himself was tempted. I mean, yeah. he was on the, 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 Satan put him on top of that mountain and said, hey, you know, here's some temptations. Right. And he passed every test, but he was tempted. Exactly. And I think for me, the thought that came to my mind was just like, okay, we, we would even consider like when temptation comes into our head or like whenever I have a thought or some kind of motive that's like, oh yeah, that's not going to be godly in that moment. Um, like going back to the garden where some people could even say like, oh, even like we have this thing in her, like even talking to the serpents, mm-hmm. just like, no, like shouldn't even do it. But I mean, if, if Eve said, no, I'm not going to eat that. Yeah. There's no sin there. And so just understanding, I I think that's a really interesting thing of temptation. Like, yeah, when Paul talks about the body and and how our bodies have been corrupted of like, there's this infection going on and our body wants nothing to do with God. And it's not that we don't have control over it and we can't have control over that. But there is a very real presence of there are beings, there are whether, you know, I've always not understood how like demonic whispering or like like the spiritual beings Mm -hmm. like talking to it i don't know like when i when i have a thought that's like do something that's outside of like you know talk bad about this person or i'm filled with like ah you know this happened and i need to go get that off my chest and it turns into gossip or like some kind of sinful act like what is the process? Is that me that's thinking about doing that? Is that some kind of spiritual force? Like, I don't know, but being just aware of, okay, there are things outside of just our hearts that we do want to get closer to I God think that that's want to really it. pull yeah. us away. Yeah. I think that's the best way to understand it. Cause you know, may, maybe you could say that, you know, these evil spirits can speak into our, our ears or our spirits or, but I I don't think so. I I do think that their work is just to drop stuff in our path Mm, and we either navigate around it or we take them up on it. And, and I think that's the real key. Absolutely. And, and it's hard. Temptation is hard. And I think you get closer to living a life in Christ, the more you say no to it. Yeah. But I also want people to understand that when they give into it, and they do enter into sin, yeah. that there's an automatic out that you can turn yep. that around very quickly. Now, yeah. you don't do it because of that. It's like in Scripture, you know, Paul said, um, should we sin just so that grace abounds? Yeah. And he's like, absolutely not. I mean, if you really translate it for real, the Greek, it's, I mean, it's almost like he says, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Literally. it was just like this, this, uh, this. This um, swearing kind of like a very powerful, like, yeah, not even because that's not why we do it. But the fact is, when we enter into that stuff, there's an out because of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think while you were while you were teaching the, the big thought that was in my head when it came to temptation was just like. I don't often give myself enough credit that God knows I'm tempted yeah and that god knows that we're broken still and even more so that god knows what he's doing by leaving us in these infected bodies yeah like 
sure, if we could play the whole game of, all right, be perfect. I got to, I got to follow all the things I got to rid myself of sin and I can never be tempted, have never have an impure thought, never have anything. We put so much pressure on ourselves of just like, I, something is wrong with me. So mm-hmm. henceforth, I need to fix it because Christ said I need to fix it. Yeah. And that's just not the reality of it because that's right. What causes us to sin in the first place is what sin has done to our human bodies. And our spirits are the things that have been refreshed. They've been given new life because the Holy Spirit. And so you're at this war between your flesh who wants you to just ditch God and just get away and do your own thing. Do that thing that just, you know, will fill you in the moment. And then there's the Holy Spirit because I love the, in James 1 verse 12, it was God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Yeah, And so there is that like battle of like, I want to give into all these things, but the Holy Spirit allows me to, it, it is, it's like, it's like, keep battling, keep out. I can't keep that, keep battling. It's all good. Mm-hmm. We got, we'll give power and all that stuff. But I don't know. I was just thinking of like, man, how many times have I just felt so awful about myself because of the idea that like, I have a thought, wasn't even, wasn't even planning to think anything like yeah. that or wasn't even planning on acting the way that I did. Yeah, Some yeah. stuff just... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to turn my ringer off. I'm sorry. I love that song. I'm a Come 70s on. kid, you know. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're in your 70s. <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh, just feeling awful about yourself that like I didn't even... I didn't even plan on having any kind of thought yeah. today in that... And uh, suddenly I'm an awful person and I'll never make the cut and everything. It's like, and that definitely God knows is that. from the enemy. I mean, yeah. that, that thought is because it's not. I mean, it's, it, it's not a, an awful thing to, to deal with those things because of our sin natures, we're going to deal with it. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I think about the disciples a lot because here we're a group of these guys that were together a lot. And I, I wonder sometimes if they talked about, that kind of stuff, because mm. you know they had temptations, and you know that, and they were, and some of them were kind of kooky before they even started following Jesus. Yeah. So, um, and, and I've often wondered why that conversation's not in in the Gospels so mm. much, right? Because you know they had to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, temptation is just it's it's there, it's there for us to choose pleasure over. Christ. Yep. That's all temptation is. Yeah. Is you can choose pleasure over Christ. And and unfortunately a lot of people it's because it's so much easier to yeah. choose pleasure than Christ. Yeah. But but I just thank God that the blood of Jesus is there so that when I do have those tough days, I can get back on track. Yeah. It's almost like so foreign. That's a really interesting point you make because the, like the chosen series, the mm-hmm. TV show, I think that does bridge the gap between like, I'm reading the scriptures and the way it's, it's like the same things we deal with are happening in yeah. the gospels, but they're almost said and written in a way that's either we don't equate with like, Hey, you know, oh, the sons of thunder moment, yeah. right? Like this big moment where they lash out and they're like, oh, we want to curse you. And it's just like, we don't 
understand cursing in that manner in yeah. today's age. And so it's written as like, okay, that's just kind of this foreign concept that happened a long time ago. And I don't really resonate with those guys, but yeah. in reality, if we were actually there, it would be the same unbelievable outburst. Somebody right. disrespected Jesus, disrespected John and James in that moment. And there's this surge of rage that comes up. And yeah. I do, I, I often think that it's just so hard sometimes to like, oh man, I just wish this moment was in the Bible. Or I, admit, I wish that we could see the disciples point of view in this. And Me it is too. there. It's just, it's either written in a way that's just yeah, like, I don't really talk like there, that but, anymore. Yeah. But there's some, there's some things that I deal with that I, that I've really thought about before. Like, I just wish this specific thing would have come up. Yeah. Because it's something that we all deal with. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everything's covered, but I just wish there was this like, event. Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. And that's how they handle that. Yeah. But, it's not all there. It's not all there. There's so, I mean, think about that. I think about that a lot. Think about how much Jesus was in, Jesus was in this ministry for three years before he was crucified. Yeah. So, you know, think of how much stuff's not there. Yeah. I just wish I right. knew all the stories. Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. go about? But I guess the ones that are supposed to be there, there. How do you go about teenage years? Yeah. What yeah. was Jesus's teenage years like? There's a book in the Apocrypha. The you know the Catholics use those those books, um, and there is there is a story, one story about Jesus as a child in one of those books. I don't know if it's yeah maybe the Book of Wisdom or Obadiah. I can't remember, but but anyway that he he um, he finds a dead bird. I've heard this story. And he raises it to life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kid. Yeah. It's so like, I don't know if that or not. Yeah. The, the, Shout out. The folks who chose the canon, they must not have believed right. it because they said, we're not going to put this in there. Yeah. I was like, did Jesus have teenage mm. angst? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> how, do, how do you have teenage angst and not <laughs> sin? I bet so many parents mm. would be like, that is a great question. Like, how do you have teenage angst? But yeah, I'm, I was interested in, uh, as I was looking through last week a little bit of James 1 and then as we're prepping for this week but um, multiple times it's like James it just looks like James like word by word quotes something from Ecclesiastes oh, or yeah. Proverbs or something yeah. and I was just no, I didn't know if you, you saw any of that as you've, you've been reading but I've just been like that is really interesting because yeah. How James reads is almost like a New Testament wisdom literature. Yeah, well, he was a smart guy, and and I have noticed that. Yeah, because you know he he would have known all those books really really well. Oh my gosh, yeah. He, you know he was the head of the Jerusalem Church, so yep. he you know he was a smart smart guy, and um, and I love. I was just having this conversation with somebody today, actually, that. The use of the Old Testament is so important for cool. us in our faith. Yes, sir. It really is because it just helps me to kind of solidify some of the some of the other things that I can pull out so easily out of the New Testament. Yeah. But when I can pull those things out and I can relate them back to the Old Testament, I don't know. For me, it just solidifies what God's trying to do in me a yeah. lot of times. And and so I think that when you see somebody like James do that, it's really good because he's actually practicing 
what we know is true, yeah. that we are to use the law and the Gospels and the New Testament. Um, and and it's it's just it works together. Yeah, it comes as a package. And and the question I got this morning from this guy I was talking to, he's like, well, you know, Jesus said that he came to fulfill the law. And I said, yeah, he didn't come to abolish the law. He right. came to fulfill the law. And what that means, it doesn't mean that we don't need the law anymore. It means that he is the epitome of that. Yeah. He's the example of that. Yeah. He every When you look at Jesus and you hear Jesus and you see what he taught, the Old Testament and the New Testament all come together in him. The big deal is we don't need to do sacrifices anymore right. because his blood is that sacrifice. Exactly. But everything else, it's there. It's there for us today. Yeah. To help us. So yeah, that kind stuff. of that kind of leads into this week as well of what chapter we're two looking at old oh, chapter two because um, the whole the the whole debate of and and I was I was I don't remember who I was talking to but when I was walking through like all right what is this I was just like you know I feel like everybody has heard this at some point of like the faith and works kind mm-hmm. of battle and everything and and something that I kept on coming back to was okay we have we have faith and we're told John 3:16 believe go to heaven eternal yeah. life and so that's in its simplicity if i believe in christ i get my spot in heaven yes and then James comes in and he's just like, well, here's the thing. Uh, It's belief and faith. And if you have nothing to show for your faith, then your faith is gone. No heaven kind of thing. And so then you're getting, okay, well, if I have belief in Jesus and then I do all the things of Jesus, then heaven kind of thing. And the question, the question that I kept wrestling with was like, is that it? Like, is that, is that really it? Like, yeah. And I was just thinking, I was like, hmm, we follow a God that can hardly be comprehended. But I mean, we only, if, if everybody pooled their intelligent knowledge about experiences with God in the entire world, I still believe, I mean, a tiny sliver of the wholeness of who God is. So yes. a God yeah. that can't be really comprehended, can't be really fully understand it in the, in the slightest, who created all things, yes. who at the just breath could implode the universe in on itself, who created you and me, who is Every single space in every single space has sees every single detail at the exact same time can be everywhere all at once. And the only thing that he's after is just to get us yeah. to his house in heaven. Yeah. I just, it's, I just, be it with kept, us. yeah, it's it just a, it's pretty kept amazing. not making sense because it's like, God just getting us to this place that if I just believe and and work my butt off enough, then I get to this place that that doesn't sound like the all God that we know. Yes. And and that's going to be something that I'm I'm going to be going into of just like, what is God really after? Mm-hmm. Because if, if it's, it's like an analogy I was thinking of, if. If I asked Maddie to marry me, yeah, simply because I just wanted her to come live in my house, what kind of marriage? That feel like that'd be dull and boring mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, but if I asked Maddie to marry me so that she can get to know me mm-hmm. and I can get to know her, and you've been married, you've been married what thirty? 
32 years. 32 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're still probably finding stuff about Natalie and you're I still do. growing I do in so. a relationship. Yeah. But, I, but you know, when, when we got married, I did marry her because I wanted her to come live in my house, <laughs> but I married her too so that I could become one with her. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing with us. Yep. He, he does want to come live with us. He wants us to actually be one with him. Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. But that's really ultimately what he wants. That's how all this stuff works to push us. That's what it's pushing us toward. Yep. Being one with Jesus. Exactly. One with Christ. Thinking with the man of Christ. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it is not just like marriage. Becoming one in marriage is tough. Yeah. Becoming one with Jesus is tough, too. Exactly. And I think we, I think we settle I do. I think we, and it sounds so weird to say, but I think, I think we settle for heaven over Jesus a lot. Absolutely. We do. Like if I, I, I'll just, I'll just get to paradise Yeah. because if we're really thinking that, what is, what are we actually saying? It's just, I'm just going to make sure my life works out for me. Yeah. I think one of the biggest tragedies among Christians is that, that we see this thing as a ticket to heaven. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not the no. That's not the goal. Not at all. Heaven's going to be there. You'll end up there as you as you live that life of faith. But that's just kind of a benefit. Mm. The stuff that God came to do in us and through us, the stuff that we leave behind, even in people's lives. I want to talk a little bit about that Sunday. Yeah, that life of faith is it's mega important. Yeah, mega important. Not not because of what happens in my life today. But how that life of faith helps me to sow into other people's lives. Yeah. And and that stuff will keep going even after I'm gone. Yeah. So the side of works, and this will be, I think, a great way to, to close this down. But the side of works, would you say that doing the things of Jesus are like when I say doing the things of Jesus, like following his practices, his teachings, yeah. you know, even bringing the Ten Commandments, stuff like that. Uh is that more for him or is that more for us? I I think it's more for us. Mm, yeah. And and I you know, I don't know, that's kind of a that's a that's a interesting question. I do think it's more for us though. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That All right. So the works thing, the works thing is like the heaven thing to me. That mm. you just mentioned. Yeah. So, you know, so many Christians think this is about me going to heaven. Yep. I want to go to heaven when I die. Yep. And we got to do a lot of good things so that we get to go to heaven. Yeah. And it's just so, it's such a lie yeah. that, that we believe about a life of faith. But that's exactly what these early Christians were struggling with. Yeah. They were, and they were Jews. So it was very, the Jewish faith is very works based. It still is. And and James was saying, wait, no, 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 no. You don't you don't have to do all those things right. to live out faith. Yeah. But and this is where they probably raise their eyebrows. Exactly. But without those things, your faith is dead. Yeah. So it's both and. Yeah. It's both and. It's not because you can it's works is easy. Oh yeah. And in my in my personality type, I can man, I can get things done. Yeah. I can just get you give me a list and I'll knock it out in no time. Yeah. But if my heart is in the wrong place or my heart is even self-centered, those works are making absolutely no difference ultimately. Mm-hmm. 
I think when we live a life of faith, true faith, yeah. and we do works, not only are those works really good, but they're multiplied. Yeah. The effect is multiplied over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think that's what James is trying to get them to see, to yeah. get out of that legalistic checklist thing. Exactly. And live a life of faith. And out of that, you won't even have to think about it because you're going to do good works just because of how you become one yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. And, and you know, I think about the at the very end of this chapter, and it's it's – it's a very beautiful thing that's easy to miss. Hmm. So at the end of this chapter, he talks about Rahab, yeah. the prostitute. And he's like, all right, let me tell you a story. And and, and that, I love this about these guys because they knew. I, I talked about this during the Acts series. Paul was a strategist. James is a strategist. They knew that to get Jews to listen, all you have to do is talk about their history and their ancestry. (laughs) Because that's that's a big deal then. I mean, ancestry, heritage, that is a huge deal, even in today's. So we have to figure out what their equivalent to the Jewish history is to American. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Because to be honest with you, I don't think a lot about my ancestors. Right. No, (laughs) I really don't. And, uh, and so, but it, it was important to them. And, and so James digs down deep and he says, let's talk about Rahab. And and they would have known, they would have heard of Rahab. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the beautiful thing is, is that Rahab is the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. So when you think about this, the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus was a hooker. She was a prostitute. Now, the whole spy story is important, and she made a good decision. That's the point of using her at the end. But here's where I am on that. Because she was also the great, 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 great grandmother of James Mm. because he was the brother of Jesus. And so James pulls this story out about his grandmother, who was a prostitute. Yeah. And he said, be like her. Be like her. Come on now. Because she wasn't perfect, but man, she did a bold thing and it paid off. Exactly. And here we are because of that. And that's why this thing with Jesus is important. And they would have said, oh, yeah, I get that. It would have, A light bulb would have come up. They, they understood it. And that's why I love James so much, what he uses here to teach these people about a life of faith. Yeah. That, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You can mess up. But when it comes down to making a good decision about Jesus, if you make it, they'll be talking about you for thousands yeah. of years after. And that's even the thing with Rahab. It's like what... Okay, let's go back to the faith thing. What is even the thing that prompted her in the first place? She's in she's in Jericho. Yeah. And nobody else made the same decision. She's the only one in that entire city that was spared. Yes. Why? Because she's the only one that actually heard the stories about the Israelites and their God that's coming up faithful. through yeah. and decided to take him seriously. Yeah. And because she decided to take God of the Israelites seriously, she's not only becomes an Israelite, but she also becomes the great great grandmother of, quote unquote, the yeah. son of man himself. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah cool that's stuff. good. I'm excited for this Sunday. Seriously, there's pretty good stuff. Yeah, you know when I I remember when I was a, I was a, 
teenager. I was in the 11th grade, and I started going to this youth group. And on Sunday nights, you would go to youth group. It was this Baptist church. And then after youth group, you had to go to the worship service, yeah. the evening service. And I loved youth group. But I would sit there and listen to the preaching, and I thought, this is the most boring thing I've ever – I wish I could get out of yeah. here. But if you're in a youth group, they expect you to go to the service. And we all sat together in the back and yeah. talked the whole time anyway. Nice. So Classic. But, but I think now, man, there are people that sit in in these rooms and hear me preach and hear you preach and, may, and say, oh, this is boring. Not when you preach. They don't say it's boring when you <laughs> preach. But – I don't know. When I preach. I don't know. Sometimes. Um, but but seriously, that you know, if you dig into this stuff, I wish I would have known then what I know now. Yep. Because I mean, just this about Rahab and James, all these yep. people, this is good, interesting stuff. It's better than that. The Bible is not boring. No, it's not. It is not boring. It is not. I mean, read Joshua and it's like watching a Tom Hanks World War II movie yeah, kind of it thing. Is. Like, it is. Oh, it's true. All right, man. So anyway, well, that's where I am. That is all of our time for this episode. And then we'll be back next week. Keep on trucking along with James. So we'll do we it. We'll uh, look forward to next week. See you next episode. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Centenary Podcast. And we'll see you back here for the next episode.